0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, internal team pre-wires. Here we go. I shouldn't be amazed that we need to talk right. about these kind of things, but we do. This is one of those topics where when we heard this story about this principal being abused by this friend executive of ours, we just both looked at each other. And I just remember it. we didn't say it, but telepathically, I knew you were saying like, you're kidding me,
1: right? <laughs> it's one of those things. Yeah. Everybody knows that, right? Yeah. We were, we were with an executive recently and and we were told a story about a a fellow executive where, you know, there was basically dime dropping going on and There are just some things that, you know, I learned it as a young second lieutenant. I actually remember. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. Yeah. So this cast is about requiring as a manager, requiring your directs to brief one another. You can call it an internal prewire, which is the name of this cast, but to brief one another before they tell you as the boss that uh, a fellow direct didn't do something we call that dropping a dime we'll explain it why we'll explain why in a minute but basically you don't do that you don't sit in front of your boss and tell your boss that one of your peers didn't do something um, because it comes across as punishing your peer for something they didn't do to support you in front of the boss, which is unprofessional. So we recommend that as managers you insist that your team members your directs brief one another before they, Give a negative briefing about something that's going on with the team, and it's called an internal pre-wire. And the opposite of that is called dropping a dime. And so we have three recommendations. Number one, uh, first, don't allow your team members to drop dimes. We'll describe again that in a minute uh, on their teammates. Secondly, you've got to teach your team this standard. Rather than every time it goes wrong, giving feedback on it, there's nothing wrong with explaining to your team how it is that professional teams of people work together. And that means letting each other know in advance when something's going to be brought up that might not help that person look good. And the third thing is, is then, in fact, if somebody still continues to do it, you provide feedback to the individual who does so after you've already briefed the team on what the standard is.
0: Okay, so now you have to explain the term. I suspect a lot of people do, but what do you mean when you say don't
1: allow team members to, quote, unquote, drop dimes on their teammates? What's that What's that about? Imagine you're in a meeting with your boss and your teammates. Now this puts you in the role This is obviously manager tools, but this puts you in the role of being a direct But you're in a meeting with your boss and your teammates. Maybe it's a project meeting staff meeting, whatever Imagine a little bit further that one of your teammates is briefing on a project where you and she collaborate a little bit, right? Maybe one of your directs has to provide analysis to her or technical support or arrange logistics this peer manager of yours or maybe you yourself have to provide that support or it's as simple as maybe your peer can't move forward until you complete a step in the project timeline and here's what your peer says well I would have finished that but Mark didn't get me the raw data yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now, now, look. Here's where we go into the definition. There are a hundred different colloquialisms for this. I, I'd love to hear from listeners in other parts of the world what they call it. My two favorites are one is called it's called being dropped in the grease, which is a southern expression because cooking in the south in the United States always seems to involve grease. <laughs> um, there's an old saying in southern cooking. It, yeah. it, all, every recipe starts with first we start with a stick of butter.
0: Well, it's not only grease, it's hot grease,
1: right? Yeah, exactly, hot grease, yeah. And, and of course, the problem is the grease is hot or it's boiling, right? And, and it, it's, it's going to burn you, right? That's the whole point of being dropped in the grease. Nobody wants to be dropped in the grease. The other colloquialism, which we've already referred to, is dropping a dime, which is fairly common. I think, th- I think dropping somebody in the grease is very much more southern. And in the U.S., dropping a dime is... Well, maybe for folks our age, not for younger folks, uh, uh, easier to more widely used. Which comes from the days of payphones, when informants would call the police by dropping a dime in a payphone and saying, "Hey, something's going down," or "I have information for you," whatever. And, and it has come to mean dropping a dime means ratting someone out, particularly to someone in authority. And in a corporate setting, that means telling something out loud in front of your boss. That, that makes someone else look bad. Whether you intend to make them look bad or not is not important. Although usually that's the case. Everyone knows it's, it's reasonable. Even if your intent is not to make someone look bad, you cannot say, I didn't intend to make you look bad by describing what you did wrong in front of the boss. By definition, you know when your boss is in the room. You know what the reasonable outcome is. And so the intent is essentially assumed that you ought to be smart enough to know that mentioning somebody else's failings in front of the boss, you intend for the boss to know.
0: Right. And it's fairly common sense. It's not like you'd ever do
1: this, right? I mean – Oh, no. Yeah, that's the – Yeah, I was a young second lieutenant at 7th and 8th Field Artillery in Hawaii when you and I were stationed there together. I was brand new as a personnel officer. Um, and Dave Lynch, your, your battery commander, a great manager, leader, officer – um, Dave, if you're out there listening, if somebody knows a Dave Lynch, who used to be in the military and served in Hawaii, tell Dave, Mike and Mark, uh, say hi. And Dave, I promise I never, ever, ever drop the dime again after the time where you were late with a officer efficiency report. And I went into staff meeting and said, yep, Captain Lynch is late with his OER. Lynch looked at me <laughs> like, you, you, you know what? And then afterwards, he was kind enough because he was ticked. And then he was kind enough to say, dude, you don't do that. And I had been a professional, you know, a leader and manager, if you will, in the army for for all of, what, eight months? And I got that lesson. And so now, 30 years later, I assume everybody knows the stuff that I know, which, of course, is not true. So, Dave, I never, ever did it ever again. (laughs) But look, here's the thing, guys. Dropping a dime on a pier in front of your boss is always totally avoidable. But if you do it, it's still a sin, right? Right. And is always assumed, it's always received by the person who you're, who's your victim, it's always assumed that you have malicious intent. You cannot claim non-malicious intent. And we'll talk more about the managers, the executives say, oh, well, I like that kind of candor. That's crap. It's not candor. So as managers, folks, now the, the analogies with the, the story we've been doing has been you as a direct being dropped in the grease or having a dime dropped on you or being thrown under the bus or whatever. As a manager... You have to stop your team from doing this. People think that this is normal. It's not. Or if it is normal, it's normal and unprofessional. And normalcy ought not to be our standard if we want our organizations to do better. So don't allow your team to do it. If you allow it to happen, it's literally you watching your team tear each other down in front of you. Um, Manager Tools has a rule. There are two reasons to get rid of somebody. Because they don't perform and because they tear down the team. Either or, Right. Look, the fact is, your team is going to not be perfect when they're together. All the time, they're going to make mistakes. But at least let's not have them do it in front of us and then send the message that tearing each other down is technically okay as long as it's technically true. There's a difference between truth and effectiveness. Um, Not all truth is effective.
0: Okay. So, yeah, we got a lot of um – project managers, for example, that listen to the Managed Tools podcast, and they're regularly giving status on project deliverables. Frequently, folks are late. They're quote-unquote red. This surely doesn't apply when project managers are briefing the team on on status, right? Yeah, it does. It it, it absolutely
1: applies to project status briefing. If you're going to brief that an individual owner's task is going to be shown red, you have an obligation to tell them in advance. Okay. Just because, as I've heard a thousand times, well, project status is always available to everybody on the tracking website. That doesn't mean you can assume that the existence of a website is the same thing as communicating with a peer about status. By the way, this cast is for managers as it relates to setting a standard on your team of professionalism and not, allow, not allowing your team to do things that destroy the fabric of the team. We could have easily taken this approach, and we might at some point in the future on career tools say, you don't throw your fellow teammate under the bus. And that would be a relationship cast rather than a management effectiveness cast, right? Right. Um, You might think you're right to point out that one of your peers didn't do something, but rightness, it, it doesn't help you when you need a friend and they go, yeah, you should have thought about that when you were dropping me in the grease. Last week, so there is a difference in status being read on a website or on a reported document that goes around and briefing that status read if you will in front of one 's boss that's a, those are two you completely think? different things yeah you yeah right but 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 you agree with me right? It's just, yeah absolutely yeah it's just, it's so obvious but but people think well, if it 's on the document then it's on the document and that 's the same thing as being briefed no it 's not not when the boss is in the room. Look, professionals know that working relationships rely on trust, which is built through communication. And if you drop a dime, if in fact that's what happens and it's not always true that that's what's happening, dropping a dime is the absence of proactive communication. It degrades trust. Doing it in front of one's boss adds role power to the whole mix and that just adds toxicity to the mix. When we're managers, it's reasonable for us to expect our directs to behave professionally with one another, and so it's reasonable to both teach them the standard and to professionally enforce it when it's broken. There are some people who are listening right now going, well, technically it's true. And folks, I got to tell you, if you're listening to this and you're, you're thinking, well, it's true, and so that's my defense, folks, you're going to go through life being true, you're, you're going to be true, you're going to be accurate, and you're going to have no friends. Okay, And you need friends and relationships to get ahead. We've said before, it takes results from relationships. Early in your career, you can just be right and get results, but later you've got to have relationships. And if all you do is focus on right, you're putting truth or rightness in front of effectiveness. And that's particularly true for those of you who are perfectionist, yellow dot, high C people when it comes to this stuff.
0: Okay. So what do you do? If your boss, your your manager, you're having a staff meeting and one of your directs drops a dime on another, are we recommending then that just like in a lot of our recommendations that you take the person aside and give them feedback later on or?
1: Look, you could look I, um, we're actually going to put something else in front of this and, and, uh, uh, it's gonna. It's, some, of, some of the folks who are listening are going to be surprised because um, we've always told you not to give feedback in front of other people. We're still going to recommend you give feedback. But imagine that this is the standard in your firm, that people feel comfortable dropping dimes. In fact, they wouldn't call it dropping dimes. Although in some firms, there actually is a really negative. There are probably three cultures. One, the professional culture, which says one doesn't do that. Uh, number two, the neutral culture where people do it but don't realize it's wrong and wonder why their team suffers and the third one is because that's just the culture everybody throws everybody under the bus all the time and no wonder everybody hates it there but people at the very top because nobody drops a dime on them but look what we're suggesting is this is one of those classic sets of behavior or behaviors that that a lot of people don't know is wrong and so rather than just giving lots of individual feedback when people make mistakes uh, it's reasonable to be a teacher or to explain to people that that's not appropriate. And part of the reason we have to teach it is because there are plenty of people who say, it's technically true that this person is late. I can't imagine you don't want me to be candid. Well, again, we'll talk about that in a minute, about what why something's wrong. And I don't want to take responsibility for being late if, in fact, somebody else really is there. The the rationale. And this comes back to the fundamental fundamental issue of being right as opposed to being effective. If you have to work with everybody for the next couple of weeks or months or years, there are times when the truth is not the most effective thing or... You still can brief somebody being red or telling the boss, hey, Mark didn't get it to me, as long as you've told them that in advance. It's not a matter of lying. It's a matter of saying, there is a step we need to go through before we should feel comfortable briefing our boss about somebody else's error. So we're going to recommend that you teach your team this standard when you see it happening. If it never happens, great. Lucky you. If you don't feel like it's a cultural problem and you want to go to right to step three of this cast, which is just give them feedback when they make a mistake, okay, fine. But for many, many people in many, many places we go, we hear this argument that, well, it's technically true what I'm briefing. And they want to make the argument about whether or not what they're doing is true or false – or right or wrong in terms of the moment of the briefing when in fact we're making an argument there's something that needs to have happened before which is the pre-brief if you will the pre-wire in advance to let somebody know something's going wrong so we're not suggesting you give feedback to someone publicly we are suggesting when you see this happen that you take a moment at the end of that meeting and simply talk everyone through what it means to drop a dime and why it's ineffective and why you don't want it to happen going forward. Now, look, so here's our recommendation. The first thing you got to do is make a decision whether or not a dime actually did get dropped. And look, we'll give you a couple of examples of situations where maybe it didn't. Maybe somebody faked it a little bit and it looked like they were aggrieved when in fact they ought not to have been. I mean, it's possible that somebody actually did tell the person who appears to be dropped in the grease that they 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 told him in advance, and the person didn't do anything about it, right?
0: Well, yeah, they told him in advance, but it was five minutes before the meeting. That's yeah, that's not exactly. Um,
1: that's the whole gray area that I think a lot of managers go. Well, I can't give feedback about that because I just don't know whether or not it's true. Well, the answer as a manager is not whether you know something, but whether you reasonably it's reasonable for you to believe that it happened. And if you believe it, you deliver the feedback as if it was. But we're not even going to make feedback the first step. We're going to establish the standard. In the same way that if someone were 21 years old and just started at work and maybe they got used to a college culture that said they can go late to classes, that doesn't mean they can come late to work and somebody needs to take them aside and go, hey, by the way, I don't know if you know it, but work starts here at 8 o'clock. I'd like to see here at 8 going forward. That's something that we do here. It's just a standard of professionalism, right? So what you do is pretty simple. At the end of the meeting, you make where, where this, this mistake has happened, where this behavior has happened that you don't want to continue. You make a simple announcement. And um, those of you with premium content, it's pretty easy. Obviously, You you can read it right off the show notes. Here's what you might say. Hey, folks, a brief moment of professional education before we adjourn today. Let's assume this is happening in a staff meeting, for instance. You wouldn't do this if you were running a project meeting with a bunch of other people who didn't report to you, probably. You'd only do it in one of your staff meetings. If you're smart, you might see a dime being dropped in another meeting you go to and say, hey, I'd like to tell you a story about something that happened. Yeah, even better. Uh, up, right? Right? That's that's the classic teach as if, teach not. Right? You'd say, I, I'm sure you guys probably already know this. But if you, in fact, it did happen in a meeting that that um, that you – we're in and you want a brief that's at the end of the meeting you would say I've not shared this with you before I'm not upset about what happened I'm actually sort of upset at myself that I didn't tell you this general rule sooner in case you guys didn't know this and the rule is pretty simple it is not cool it's not helpful it's not team building whatever you you folks you choose to announce somebody else's failure on something in front of me their boss okay whether it's a missed deadline or somebody owing you something or not following up the way they said they were going to, whatever, if you're going to brief it in front of me, their boss, or really anybody else other than the person you're referring to, you've got to let that other person know that it's coming. And basically you go on to say, I want you guys to learn this here now. And the reason why is because if you've ever been in, if you've ever been in somebody else's team meeting or if if you're briefing my boss, if you're ever in another person's meeting or briefing my boss or having to brief at higher levels or on a project somewhere else internally, I don't want you making the mistake of dropping a dime or dropping somebody in the grease or throwing somebody under the bus. Again, use your colloquialism, folks, in front of their boss. You might think it makes them look bad and you're justified because, in fact, the statement is true. But all of the smart people in the room, all the effective people, all the professionally wise people in the room think it just makes you look bad and you're trying to blame somebody else for the fact that something you're responsible for is not done. And by the way, folks, those of you who are aficionados of manager tools know that this goes back to owning the inputs as well. Now I'm continuing the speech, by the way. And to be clear, this is not about covering your tail, folks. You can't tell somebody five minutes before the meeting so you can say you did, in fact, communicate. That's not communicating. That's political hair splitting. You've got to let them know in enough time so they can solve the problem. The idea is let them know in enough time so they can try to solve the problem. If they choose not to, they've been given fair warning and they ought not to be upset that you're being truthful. Now, your truth is based on, also on, working to help the relationship by giving them advanced notice. So, folks, going forward, if you're thinking that you're going to say something that makes one of us look bad in a meeting in front of me or somebody else with some role power over them, you're obligated to let that other person know about it. And there might be exceptions, but for now, that's how we're going to work together. That's what I would say. And that's probably a little bit long. But look, that's just that's just manager, leader, executive as coach and as deliverer of new information, an educator, helping people learn more about how effective organizations work.
0: You know, let me ask you a question, though, around this idea of not dropping dimes, you know, separate from the briefing of it. I was talking to an executive one time about something similar to this that happened on her watch, right? And she right. said, well, they need to figure this stuff out. I can't adjudicate everything.
1: Right. I had a boss once say, you know, if you're going to fight with somebody else, that's your issue. It's not my issue. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to deal with it or whatever. Look, that's balderdash, right? I was about to say that's crap, but um, (laughs) insisting – look, insisting on professionalism when your team works together is not the same thing as adjudicating every dispute. I've said this a thousand times, but the company has processes for finance and accounting and pay and billables and and timeliness and badges and security and everything else, and that's not adjudicating problems. That's just putting in place reasonable processes, reasonable – uh, ways of working, operating principles of working. When we hear that, we hear it from executives, particularly who don't want to manage. They feel like, oh, I'm too busy thinking about the business to have to manage people. Well, that's a load of hooey as well. The idea that setting some standards for working together is the same thing as always intervening—it's it, it, just a wrong comparison. It's apples and oranges.
0: Okay, well, what about the managers who, rightfully, I mean, they have a point, right? They say, look, I. I I want folks to be candid. Isn't this shutting down that candidness we're
1: looking for? No, no. Look, look. That's a false argument. What they're doing—I said this earlier, right? What they're doing is they're attempting to make the briefing moment the only thing at issue. In other words, Mark, I can't tell my people not to brief me truthfully because at that moment they need to be willing to be candid that somebody else made a mistake. We're not against candor at all. This—I mean, I've said before there ought to be another book called "The Candid Manager." right? Dropping a dime though is not candor. It's using truth as a defense against lack of communication. What they're saying is at the moment where something hasn't been done, if it's truthful to say it hasn't been done, it's okay to say it. Well, that's true so far as it goes, but it defines the universe as that one moment of the briefing rather than all the opportunity one had in advance to change the moment when, in fact, we're briefing that something didn't get done. And it's worse. It's using role power to punish somebody else. We're not suggesting it's wrong to brief, brief truthfully. We're saying it's wrong to brief truthfully when, in fact, you had an opportunity to avoid something being behind schedule or late or not done and you didn't do that. And I can assure you, folks, if you brief truthfully that somebody else didn't do something and they're surprised by that brief, everyone will assume you did it in order to surprise them and in order for it to happen in front of their boss to make them look bad. Your uh, intentions will be questioned in addition to the failure of operating that the other person had and not delivering the the objective.
0: Yeah, I guess if I had one of my directs complain to me that I wasn't allowing her to be candid, I would say, yeah, i love you to be candid. Matter of fact, I'd love you to be so candid that you were candid with Bob before you yeah, threw him exactly. the
1: bus. Yeah. We're not saying that you can't point out somebody else's failing. We're saying it's unprofessional and destructive to the team to do so without first notifying the other person and giving them the benefit of the doubt and the opportunity to correct their error. If they don't correct the error, and you've given them fair notice, again, not five minutes before, but enough time so they can do something about it then folks, you're not dropping a dime. You're simply reporting now truthfully and candidly on something somebody didn't do. And the moment at which you tell them in advance, hey, listen, I, I hate to tell you, but the day after tomorrow, I got a brief that we're read here. Maybe you could do something about it because I don't want a brief that you're read. And let me, let me take a step back from that. You don't even have to say that. I mean, there are some people out there who go, well, actually, I'm kind of hoping he will be read. Fine, just say, hey, listen, heads up for you as a matter of professional courtesy, And by the way, folks, if you can't say as a matter of professional courtesy, get out of management because we don't like you being a manager if you're not willing to be professionally courteous to somebody else. But as a matter of professional courtesy, I want to let you know that in 48 hours, I'm obligated to brief that you've missed something. You may want to work on that. And if they don't change it, okay, fine. Then you're not dropping a dime. You are being candid and you've been professionally courteous and civil in advance. But look, to say that you're simply reporting without having had the courtesy and civility, and and yeah, frankly, the professionalism to alert somebody, is hiding behind your false sense of perfection. Candor, really candor, is in fact letting the person know in advance. That's candidness. Hey, you're behind. If I choose not to tell Mike that he's going to be, I'm about to brief that he's going to be behind, that's me choosing not to be candid with Mike, for your point earlier, right?
0: Exactly. Now, once we've made the team aware of this rule, you know, assuming that folks haven't figured out before, now we're not going to surprise folks by telling them that, okay, after briefing them, they drop a dime on somebody, we're simply going to give them feedback.
1: Yeah. Again, it, w- once we've set the standard, hey, this is how my team works. It's just like saying, hey, by the way, I do one-on-ones, I do feedback, I do coaching, I do delegation, I run my meetings this way, here's the way we do budgets, here's how you have to do expense reporting and so on, and we don't drop dimes on each other, we give each other the courtesy of briefing in advance, then once that standard is set, if somebody then violates it, then we give feedback. And of course, those of you who are listeners and aficionados will have seen this coming, when somebody does something that isn't effective and dropping a dime is ineffective because it tears down the team, it doesn't take much longer to give somebody some advance notice. And that moment of dread silence where everybody knows, Ooh, Bob, you know, Jane just dropped the dime on Bob, on Robert, it's worth the 30 seconds it takes to let Robert know two days in advance, hey, if you don't do anything, I am gonna. I'm. I'm I have to do it. Please don't put me in this situation of having to be seen as reporting on your failing. If she doesn't do that, then that dreaded moment happens and nobody likes it. But look, the effective managerial response when somebody does something that's not effective is to simply g- just give them some feedback about it. After the meeting, you could quietly, as you're walking down the hall, Or you could do it in the one-on-one you're going to have with them later in the week. You say to them, hey, can I give you some feedback? And they say, yes. And you say, when you report that Bob missed the deadline and it's clear that Bob is surprised, it comes across that you intended him to be embarrassed in front of me. And that's not helpful. Can you give him a heads up next time? Thanks. It's short. It's sweet. Folks, it's not angry. It's not sharp. It's for the private use of, in this case, Jane or whomever, right? Even though you know it is private, but you could do it as I mentioned quietly, while you're walking down the hall, you just lower your voice a little bit, and you can have what amounts to a conversation that is the private for the private benefit of the person you're speaking to without without being in a private place. You can do it in a public space. Now, many of you who are listening have not listened to a lot of our casts. We have new people join us every week, so um, if you have questions about that, there's a whole ecosystem about feedback, about the feedback model, about how to deliver it, about various add-ons and subtleties associated with it as managers try to to implement it. This is how professional people do it. They're candid and direct, and polite, and quick, and non-judgmental and non-angry when they provide performance communications, positive and negative, to their people. And uh, we have extensive guidance on the manager tools feedback model. Go to the website and find it.
0: Isn't it possible, though, that it appears to you, say, that Jane dropped a dime on Robert, right? She briefed something that made Robert look terribly bad. And Robert does something like he raises his eyebrows or he looks shocked or maybe actually defends himself in some kind of way, right? Right. All that combined makes it look like Robert was
1: completely surprised by it. To suggest then that she didn't give him a heads up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Saying. I'd, yeah, I'd okay. characterize that as Jane probably dropped a dime on, on Robert. Yeah,
1: fair enough. It may not be true, but you draw a reasonable conclusion based on your experience as manager. That's what's happening.
0: Yeah. So, it's possible that either A, she actually did brief him and or B, he's just behaving that way to make it appear that he is agreed.
1: As opposed to to taking responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, he's learned that if he plays the aggrieved party, the overwhelming majority of people who – one person drops a dime on, if, if, if you're in the audience, if you're in that meeting and you see someone drop a dime on somebody else or point out that somebody else hasn't done something, if the person who's the, quote, victim, unquote, looks aggrieved or acts surprised, the standard operating model in most teams is to assume that they were there was an intent, a negative intent associated with the true, candid reporting of the first party. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. And so they've learned to manipulate that by acting aggrieved when, in fact, they may have been given plenty of advance notice. Jane may have called three times and said, I really don't want to brief it, but if I have to, I have to. I'm not going to lie and cover your butt.
0: Yeah, so what do you do? I suspect that a lot of folks, a lot of managers, like some of our listeners here, might actually, because they're not absolutely sure that Jane dropped a dime, Jane doesn't get feedback.
1: Yeah. So look, I'm going to give you a short answer. I'm going to give a little bit of a background and then I'm going to come back to continuing the answer. And the short answer is we still recommend you give that feedback to Jane. Okay. Now look, folks, if you'll go back to some of our earlier casts and feedback, if you listen to all of them, you'll hear a thread when it comes to third party feedback. Because, in a way, think about this this is partially related to third party feedback. Because even as Jane is briefing, you're using Robert's passing of information to you to draw a conclusion about Jane's behavior. In other words, it's as if Robert's facial expressions are telling you what Jane did. This is a third party in the sense that you're seeing Jane do something, but in order to give her feedback, to give her uh, feedback about dropping a dime, You have to assume that she didn't give Robert advance notice, and you're assuming that based on Robert's response. Now, the standard is, when we give feedback, is not, did I see it myself? The standard is, do I believe what I saw or what I heard, or do I believe what I've been told? The standard is not seeing or hearing oneself. The standard is believing that what you are aware of actually occurred. Now, if you saw it or heard it, then of course you probably believe it. But if somebody else tells you about it, the question is do I trust this person? Do I believe this other person could have done it? And the third party feedback model says this if you believe it, you deliver it as if you believe it. In other words, as if you saw it. Okay, now the fact is you could be wrong. It happens. But because most people see feedback as what they think of as a big thing where you get called into your boss's office and you're in trouble, they then have the fear that, God forbid, I tell somebody that they were wrong it's always about negative feedback, of course, um, that they were wrong. When in fact, I'm the one that was wrong and they get all up in arms about it. Well, that presupposes something that's not true about feedback. Feedback in the managerial's model is something that's small. It's not that big a deal. Nobody's in trouble. I, I joke often on the cast that when somebody asks me, am I in trouble? I say no, because you'll know when you're in trouble with me because I'll actually start the conversation by saying you're in trouble. Feedback is not you're in trouble. Feedback is a small thing. It's a slight correction. It's a... It's going down the road at 40 miles an hour and making a small adjustment constantly in the steering wheel as opposed to waiting until somebody's in the ditch and then jerking the car out of the ditch at the last minute in a panic because you've seen somebody be late 10 times in a row and finally, oh dear God, I have to talk to them. Why wait after the first or the second one, mention it to him in passing and say, you know, can you change that? And And then people never get near the ditch. But if in fact, for some reason, Robert in this case is playing possum. And in fact, he did get advance notice, we would still recommend you give feedback or put more simply, we still recommend you give feedback to Jane, even if it's possible you're wrong about the feedback. Okay. Now we're not suggesting that if you have a vague notion that it might've happened, that's not the standard. But if you believe Based on what you saw with your own eyes, based on Jane, what Jane said in the meeting, and the way Robert responded, if you believe Jane threw him under the bus, you give her feedback as if she threw him under the bus. And the reason why we can say that is, again, the feedback we're giving is small. It's not a big deal. You're not going to punish Jane enormously. And the second thing is, even if you're wrong, we have a safety valve in the feedback model, which is called shot across the bow. When you give that feedback, you won't have known in advance whether or not she gave Robert, or in this case, Jane gave Robert the appropriate notice, and you still give the feedback. And if she didn't, if she did in fact give him appropriate notice, Jane is going to say, "Wait a minute!" If she says to me, "She says, Mark, that's not true. I actually did. I told him two days ago. Hey, look, dude. Sorry to tell you, but it's been a while. We're coming up on a briefing in two days. You're going to be red." plenty of time, you should be able to change it. And then what you say is, you, we use what we call the shot across the bow uh, feedback model, and we walk away. We we apologize to her and say, I'm so sorry. I wasn't aware of that. No problem at all. No worries. And I walk away. And yeah, I I, I really wasn't wrong. I just gave feedback in a situation where The details weren't obvious to me, and I'm not afraid to give feedback and be a little bit wrong about it because, again, it's small and because I can easily say I'm not violating my principles or I'm not ruining my authority as a boss by saying, you know what? I'm wrong. I apologize. That's something for Robert and I to talk about. And I give her a pass. And if I have a good relationship with her, which comes through one-on-ones, of course, and time and communication and candor and truthfulness, ethical behavior as a manager, she won't mind at all. She goes, ah, no worries. Don't worry. And of course she'll walk away knowing it was Robert that was trying to play the game and wanted her thrown under the bus. And, and you know, probably at this point, it's a good idea for me to keep an eye on Robert. And I might very well in this case, if in fact she gave him a couple of notices, let's say in fact she did. And then I, I read his facial expression as aggrievedness. I probably, and my next one, I would say, Hey, can I give some feedback when you raise your eyebrows like that? And you turn to Jane quickly uh, it suggests to me that she's surprising you in a meeting. And then I find out later that she in fact, didn't surprise you. It comes across to me that you're attempting to make her look bad when in fact, you're the one that didn't do what you're supposed to do. Can you change that for me? And then I'd give him feedback about his behavior and he might say, Oh no, no, that's not what I meant. And then I walk acro- walk away. And you're shot across well. the bow. <laughs> it's my second shot across the bow. And, and in, in Jane's case, she knows she didn't do what I'm accusing her of. But in Robert's case, he knows he did, even if he pushes back. And in both cases, the chances of it happening again, Jane will be more likely to brief Robert in advance before she briefs candidly that she has done so and he's delayed. He's late on something. And Robert will know he can't get away with acting like an aggrieved child when, in fact, he has been given fair notice in advance and he ought to be. Getting his stuff done on time anyway.
0: Yeah, that's the beauty of the feedback model, right? Yeah. Presenting it in a in smile while you're giving the yeah. negative feedback. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. But it still encourages yeah. the correct behavior in the future.
1: Yeah, we're not trying to assert role power. We're trying to provide guidance about how we can all be more effective. And that's it. Look, it's three points. Don't allow your team members to drop dime on their fellow teammates. Teach your team the standard when it happens, right? Just just mention it, mention it briefly in a, in a meeting and tell them this is the way it has to be. You've got to pre-wire things internally with your fellow teammates so there's no surprises in front of the boss. And then if somebody does break the rule, then give them some polite feedback and, and be aware that uh, sometimes you might be wrong, but, but that's the benefit of shot across the bow. And if your standard is, I never want to be wrong, again, get out of management, folks, because all managers make mistakes, and being right all the time means you make very few decisions. So, look, really what it boils down to is this is a simple principle, which your best folks will apply naturally. They know they should be letting people know in advance. It's a matter of courtesy and civility. Making the the principle clear and setting it as a standard will increase communication before meetings, which is almost always better than during meetings. It'll also increase trust, and it's going to reduce conflict. And look, you won't have to be embarrassed when people behave like children in front of you, as other managers have to be, because you've set a standard that says, no, that's one of the things I won't tolerate. Look, folks, think of it this way. How would you feel if you were sitting in the back of a senior executive meeting in your firm and the CIO said to the CEO, I can't brief his promiser because the CFO didn't give me the stuff he promised me? You'd have to be like, what? Senior people throwing each other the bus? Like, total power play? So start your own professional transformation now and insist on the right behavior with your team. You can do it very gently. It won't come across as you insisting. And yet they'll benefit from it. And they'll never ever do again what I did as a young second lieutenant and drop a dime on somebody who I should have talked to in advance.
0: I would hope not, really. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my friend. Thanks, partner. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. Meantime, have a great one. So long.